When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, founder and president of Madrona Financial. Brian, how are you today? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear it. I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Brian, another good show lined up for us today. Once again, we're a podcast. If you miss any part of our show today or you want to hear it all over again, simply go to wherever you get your podcast and search for Growing Your Wealth, Brian Evans, and we have more than 125 shows posted there. And as always, our shows are available on the website at madronafinancial.com. Brian, on today's show, I want to start off with something that we've talked about in the past, and it's really interesting. It's called the Entrepreneur's Wheel. If you're starting a business or maybe you've just started a business, this is a part of the program that you'll want to hear. First of all, Brian, what is the background of the Entrepreneur's Wheel? What is it and how did you get started? Yeah, it came about uh, when I had a dinner with a CEO of a Fortune 500 company early in my career. And I was talking to him about a client of mine who had what I thought was a really great idea and they wanted he wanted to have a business around it. And so I finished telling him about the idea and the CEO says, well, that's about 15% of what you need. And I was like, wait a second, it's a great idea. Isn't that what you need for a, a good business pretty much? And He's like, no way. There's lots of great ideas out there that aren't great businesses. And there's lots of not great ideas that can be great businesses. That's just about 15%. So I got to thinking about that. And uh, we had a three-hour dinner, and I learned a lot that night. So I thought about it quite a bit, and I started thinking, well, what are the other 15% pieces in in this equation? And, And I came up with eight areas of a business and examples to where I'd say, you know, if you're even missing one of these, you'll probably fail. Definitely, if you miss two of the eight, you probably will fail. You kind of need eight of eight to have a successful business. And so now when I talk to anybody about uh, their business ideas and so forth, I kind of put them through the gauntlet here. I said, well, you got you to get through these eight tests here, or I'm going to tell you, you're probably going to fail and you probably shouldn't do it. So once again, you know, running a business or starting a business, if you equate it to a wheel, in this case, you have eight spokes in the entrepreneur's wheel. Certainly, if you're missing one of them, it may be able to run. It'll just go clunk, clunk, clunk. But more than that, you're in pretty big trouble, aren't you? Yeah. If you're missing a quarter of your your (laughs) wheel, uh, it's probably not spinning more than a rotation or two. So the the, the wheels will fall off your your vehicle there, your business. And so I I was able to write uh, this article that got published, uh, gosh, I think 8 million times because I think Mm -hmm. that was the circulation of uh, Costco Connection back then. I'm not sure 8 million people read it, but (laughs) hopefully a few did. (laughs) But yeah, I just want to spend this time talking about those eight areas. So the first spoke of the wheel is going to be the idea you spoke on that a little bit. Create a product or deliver a better service than your competition. Customers go to you because you are the best at what you deliver. Among the people that you have spoken with who have started a business, do many of them really have this idea thought out? 
Well, sometimes. I mean, that's probably the most obvious one is having a great idea. But I always like to equate it to, do you have a blue ocean strategy? Something that you're not competing. And people say, well, who's your competition up in your area, Brian, on your financial planning? I say, well, nobody. I say, what do you mean? Well, there aren't any others that also own CPA firms and have radio shows and know all the different areas of financial planning. They're just trying to sell products and they aren't educators and so forth. And I I feel like I'm in a blue ocean. I'm not competing with anybody else. And like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. You're not. I mean, it's not to say people aren't in the financial services industry. They certainly are. But at least my idea was different. I'm not just like everybody else. And, and you could equate that to anything. Uh, you want to make sure you have something different, special, better service, different service, something people need and want they can't get anywhere. So with Madrona Financial Services, you're not only a financial services firm, but the thing that makes you or your competitive advantage is the fact that you're also a CPA. That's what makes you different. That's one of the things, and that's that's a primary reason right there. So, yeah, having a, a great product or service, uh, Blue Ocean Strategy, I call it. That's a book. If you haven't read the book, it's a great book about companies that made themselves different and did not compete, uh, really, with any competition. And the second spoke of the wheel here is going to be marketing, actually much broader than advertising, isn't it? Yeah, marketing is and you know really important. It's not just, yeah, advertising. It could be your location, it could be your product placement, branding, it could be a lot of things. You know, I remember uh, way back in the day, I like to equate to my own experiences on this show a lot, and I remember I was feeling like, gosh, I know a lot of stuff here, I've got all the services, but I don't really meet a lot of new people. I, You know, I'm sitting here down on, on a street that doesn't have any traffic. You know, people don't walk by, hey, and look at a financial planner here. I think I'll go in there. That's not how people find you. And I didn't really have any outlet uh, for people to know anything about us. So I remember thinking, I, I am the best kept secret in the Pacific Northwest when it comes to financial advisors. Because I didn't have the marketing. Well, now I have a radio show so people can know who I am. And I have books and I have articles and I have all other things. So now, you know, that, that was how I uh, bridged that gap. So we've got the idea. We've got the marketing there. The next one is going to be profit. And I'm surprised at the number of people who really can't figure out what their profit's going to be. They make something, but then they sell it for less than what it costs to make. Yeah, you gotta. It's gotta be. If it's a for-profit business, now if you're starting a non-profit, you you at least have to break even. Mm-hmm. But if for-profit business, you you have to have enough profit. And and one way of looking at that, I've I've known people. You know, they say, well. My, my brother uh, ran into this in his own business. He, he had a, a very successful business, and people loved working with him. He did great service, great product, great everything. But when he got to the end of the year, he'd look at how much he made, and he goes, you know, I'd make more working for someone else <laughs> because it, the, the business itself didn't have a profit because it's so hard for uh, certain small businesses to compete with larger ones, and especially in retail. So he came to the conclusion that, you know, I'm better off working somewhere than I am trying to run this business because the business itself isn't profitable. I have a job, not a, not a business so much. And so he's much happier today making more money because uh, he couldn't he couldn't figure out how to get that, that profitability because it was so so competitive. It, it was just you know virtually impossible for him to do that. And so that was the, the part of that. So your profit margin is very important there. If your profit margin is razor thin, you're probably not going to be very successful. The next spoke on the wheel, Brian, is accounting. Yeah, you know, I've I've had businesses where I've, I've you know they they seem to have some things going for them, but they seem to keep making mistakes. Or are they one of the things I I saw once in this business is they were barely above break even year after year after year. And I would do a job schedule. They were a construction company, and I finally went to the owner and I said, look. 
every year you have about three jobs that are over a million and about 40 that are under a million. And I can show you that you make a half a million dollars a year off those 40 and you lose 400,000 a year off the three. So, and then you're like, well, that can't be right. And I'm like, no, I got to hear it. I, I look back years. I, you don't do big jobs well. You don't bid them right. Uh, you know, things go wrong, you know. And he didn't want to give them up because they were his, you know, pride and joy doing those big jobs. But the accounting said that you're doing the wrong thing. You, you're not a big job person. If you just do those small jobs, you make a half a million bucks a year instead he's making 100 grand because he's losing so much on the big ones and the next one is cash flow even if your profits are high your cash flow can be substandard yeah it, you know it could be the timing yeah certainly if you have something that has a long period of time before you have a turnaround like a business developer or something like that you got to have the the money coming in uh, because you can't sell your product for for years perhaps and so uh, there's a lot of businesses where They'll fail not because of any other reason other than I, I just ran out of money. I was building this thing up, and I, I got a place. I got my inventory. I got my equipment. I hired people. And, and uh, before the first one showed up to work, I'm, I'm broke. I don't have enough money, so you got to have that. We're talking about the entrepreneur's wheel, the spokes and the entrepreneur's wheel with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Brian, the next one is uh, timing. I mean, your product really has to evolve with the times, doesn't it? Yeah, your timing of what you have has to work. I I mean, the easy example of that is I could be the best real estate developer in my county, and it's 2007, and I have 200 lots. Well, I'm, my timing stinks mm-hmm. because we had a crash in 2008, whereas if you'd done it in 2009, well, your timing was awesome. And so, you know, it, so we all know about real estate and the timing of that, how important that is. And, and just with anything, uh, you know, there are businesses and, and ideas that ebb and flow as to when they're popular, when they're not, and so forth. So the timing of your idea can have a, a big impact, probably less than most of the wheels on the spoke, but but that certainly is one of them. And the seventh spoke in the entrepreneur's wheel is management. You've got to have good management. People are good technicians. You know, you know how to bake a pie or make a pizza or drive a truck. But if you don't have good management, you're going to fail. Yeah, I imagine the, the Seahawks without a head coach or coaches or a, or your church without a pastor or, you know, any any organization needs managers, good management. And, you know, those skills, especially today where it's really competitive with COVID and everything, post-COVID world, people will leave jobs if they if you don't treat them right. And so to nurture your, your staff, you got to have good management. That's, uh, that's so important. And, that, and very often that's the, the, this is a big, big spoke, you know, spoke on my wheel, I would say that uh, if a, a firm is well run, it's probably, you know, its chances of success are so much better. And the final spoke in the wheel here is going to be engineering. I mean, be ready to redesign your product or your delivery systems for the inevitable problems that are really going to surface eventually. Yeah, this is uh, akin to quality control. Yeah, stuff's going to go wrong. How do you handle it? Because your reputation's going to get around pretty quick if you don't handle it right. And so how you handle uh, things that go wrong, when they go wrong, and they will, can be a, a big difference between a successful business and one that isn't. We're talking about the Entrepreneur's Wheel with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And again, the eight most important spokes in that wheel are the idea, marketing, profit, accounting, cash flow, timing, management, and finally, engineering. 
If you have at least $500,000 to invest and you're looking for a new financial advisor, contact us here at Madrona Financial Services for a complimentary review of what you have. You can request your review by emailing us from the website madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. Or if you prefer to call, call 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show right after this. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're we'll be talking about reviewing a tax return for opportunities. And Brian, this is another aspect of where you really shine being a CPA in addition to a financial advisor. Tax is so important in a financial plan. And if you do have the ability to look for opportunities within a tax return, you're going to be so far ahead. So Brian, I guess the first question is, what is an overlay program and how do you use something like that to look for opportunities? Opportunities. Yeah, there's a couple ways that we are able to perform a review of tax return as it relates to your financial planning opportunities. The first one is just uh, an overlay program that, that we uh, purchase that we can put a tax return in and it's going to lay out, okay, what are the minimums, maximums, marginal rates, carryovers, Roth conversion opportunities, all, all the kind of stuff that's just numerical, essentially. It's not a judgment call as much. And so it's going to lay all that out there. And it, it's a really nice way, you know, you get a tax return, you know, you might have a 40-page tax return from your CPA and go, I don't know how to decipher this, just a bunch of forms and, mm-hmm. and they all come together and they put a bunch of numbers on the first page and and uh, they tell me I owe a bunch of money. Okay, that's not very helpful. But this program might, you know, the program we can put it through can kind of consolidate that data into something usable for somebody that knows, you know, kind of what they're looking at. But it's a great consolidation tool from a technology standpoint. And Brian, this is something that most financial advisors are just really not plumbed to be able to do, right? Well, they can put it through this program, but then then you got to decipher what it says. And if you're not trained in in this area or uh, a CPA can give tax advice, it's pretty hard to do anything with that. The other part of this is the non-technological way of basically looking at the return. The old school, that's that's what I would do. And I'm looking at a return. I see things that other people don't see, perhaps. And so there's a lot of things on a tax return that, uh, again, people don't see. And a lot of folks think, well, my CPA is looking for that stuff, right? Well, probably not. Your CPA is probably not licensed as a financial advisor, nor is trained in all the product knowledge. We talk about all the different kinds of products that are out there. Some you can get on your own. Some you have to go through an advisor or an insurance license agent to even get. And so having that crossover knowledge pool is not something that's real super common out there. We certainly have that at our firm. But it's not really common that someone understands taxes and understands the investment world both. Brian, can anyone benefit from reviewing missed tax opportunities? What I mean by that is, do you have to be a high net worth individual in order to take advantage of this strategy? No, uh, I would say just about anybody can. I can can have a conversation about anybody's tax return and and I can look at it and pull things out and ask questions and, and maybe come up with things that, oh, they hadn't thought about that they might want to consider. 
Sometimes not. You know, sometimes it's, you know, the tax return doesn't say a lot. So, for instance, a tax return doesn't say how much you have in your retirement accounts or how much your real estate is worth or did you get a, you know, there's lots of things that they don't say. Um, they're, they're designed for a specific purpose. But there are some things that I can see within that when I'm looking at one ask the right questions and maybe come up with a thought process or thought path to back and forth that can really benefit the client. So, Brian, I have heard you uh, cite this example before in private, but I do want you to share it with the radio audience. And that is about a particular seminar conference that you were at in which a financial advisor didn't think that he really had to have the depth of knowledge that you do to talk about tax opportunities. Yeah, I remember that one. I wanted to throw uh, my book at him, I think, because he got up there and said, well, you know, you can get clients by going out there and saying that you you uh, look at their tax returns, and you don't really have to know a lot to do that. You just go out and buy a book on taxes, and you can kind of get some of the buzzwords down, but you can get lots of new clients. And I was like, wow, I just wasted 35-plus years uh, becoming the best CPA I could be and having a CPA firm when I could have just gone out to the used bookstore and for about two bucks bucks, I'd buy a book and spend an hour reading it and be like this guy. Man, I tell you, I was, <laughs> I was just like, I was shaking my head at that one. But there is, I mean, there is a lot of people out there that are fake it till you make it, folks, in our industry. That's why uh, it's interesting in the industry. I, I think about the things I'm licensed at as I'm licensed as a CPA, I'm insurance licensed, and I'm a Series 65 financial advisor licensed. And two of those I just mentioned are two of the 10 least respected professions hmm. that there are. And one of them, the CPA, is in the top three, I think, of most respected professions. So I kind of got a little bit, but I, I understand why those three, why those two are, are at the bottom is because there's so many people that are out there just faking it to get a commission, get a sale, get get a client. And they're, they're not, they're being manipulative, perhaps, in many cases. I've seen this so many times where, you know, for instance, and say, oh, I'm a full-service advisor. And they say that on their website and their, their recordings on their phone. And, oh, full-service, you take care of everything, right? Yes, we do. What do you actually sell? One annuity. Mm-hmm. That's a true story. They do $40 million a year in one annuity. And wow. they call themselves a full-service advisor. Mm-hmm. And, huh, really? And then the other one that does the tax planning, do you have a CPA? No. Do you know any CPAs? No. Do you work with a CPA firm? No. Okay. Well, all right. So buyer beware. Just because somebody says they're doing something doesn't mean they are. Brian, a lot of people listening to this program may think that, well, you know, I've got a CPA that I like. They appear to be competent, and I'm pretty sure that they know what they're doing. They don't know exactly, but they're pretty sure. Can you find missed opportunities with almost anyone's tax return? Yeah, I work, you know, we work well with other CPAs. I mean, you, you got your CPA listening. We, we work quite well. I even speak your language. But we can uh, work with your client to make sure your client gets the best of both worlds. We're not going to steal your client to be a client of our CPA firm. We, we like to work with other CPAs. And in fact, people always say, well, should I move my accounts to my county to you? Or do you like your CPA? Yeah, I know. I've known them a long time. Well, then stay. Don't leave. When you find a good CPA, stick with them. Do not leave. And don't come to me either. Stay with that CPA, but have us work together and, and, and look together at, the, at that. We're talking about reviewing your tax return for missed opportunities with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Brian, can you give me another example of maybe a training seminar that you've done for both CPAs and financial advisors? Yeah, I did a, a seminar for a group of financial advisors I'm the coach of and also for my own CPA staff. And I basically put together three mock tax returns and I gave it to 
him beforehand. I said, well, what do you see here? And so, you know, I got some feedback on that. Um, then I was able to go, okay, here's what I see when I look at these same returns and all kinds of opportunities, you know, really high tax exempt interest. That means they're, they're in bonds that probably aren't paying very much and there there might be better things out there. High income and they weren't too old. Well, maybe we, we talk premium finance, uh, fixed index universal life for tax-free cash flow someday. Rentals that have tons of repairs telling me uh, maybe they're an older taxpayer and their rentals are really old and their cash flow stinks and maybe they want to sell it and do a DST so they can up their cash flow and not have to spend so much time in their 70s or 80s trying to fix these properties that don't net them any cash flow. Oh, a capital loss carry forward that was unused. So when when we do the DST uh, 1031 exchange, we can hold some money out and it has a tax rate of zero or a net operating loss where we do a Roth conversion and it's converted as zero tax bracket because we're, we're in the hole to start the year. I go on and on and on. But there, there are things that, that can be seen in a tax return that can be incredible opportunities sometimes uh, when you're doing financial planning. Brian, here at Madrona Financial, I mean, a lot of your advisors are CPAs, but not everybody, right? That's right. A lot of our advisors are not CPAs. How does that work, I guess, is the question. Right. Well, even with my meetings, I haven't I haven't done a tax return in 15 years, not even my own. I'm, I'm not even sure I know how to anymore, actually, you know, because we have new forms and new laws and stuff. And, and you know, I, I know most of the laws, but not not enough to do a, as good a job on a tax return as some of our, you know, CPA professionals at the firm. So even I outsource to my own internal company. So if I say, well, all right, we're going to look at uh, your income's low, you retired last year, all you have is Social Security, uh, I want to take advantage of your um, 12% bracket, and so we're going to do a Roth conversion. Bring me your numbers, I'll give it to uh, Stella or somebody else upstairs, and they'll, they'll run me uh, some what-if calculations, and, and so all my advisors have access to our accounting firm to do these kinds of things, and so they don't have to do it themselves, I guess is the point. We have that access. Now, I've run into firms that say, oh, we have everything you have, and I say, oh, okay, what do you have? And they said, well, we hired a tax preparer. I'm like, okay, well, one tax preparer may not be enough to do advanced tax planning. Maybe they are. I don't know. But uh, we have a whole, t- you know, I have over 20 people at, at the firm, uh, the CPA firm. So we certainly have a bandwidth there and experience, lots of experience. I was just thinking the other day, how many years of experience does the top uh, six or seven people have yeah. here? And I got to over 200 years wow. pretty quick. And I thought, whoa, okay, we got a lot of experience. So, you know, there's everything's... Uh, uh, and quality and, and so forth like that. And so I, I would just say that's, even if the advisor here isn't a CPA, they got access to that and they always, you know, call one of the CPA advisors if they have questions. And most of that experience is probably with Bob Bauer, right? He's probably got <laughs> hundred years of experience. Yeah, there. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, you can throw me into that one too. I'm getting up, uh, up there too. Yeah. There was definitely, uh, uh, three of us with close to 40 or more uh, yeah. years experience right there. And and so, you know, we have some, some a lot of longevity at this firm, a lot of experienced people. And so that that's a, a really good thing when it comes to this. Yeah, Bob is a great guy. He's sort of the godfather of CPAs around here. <laughs> You're listening to Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. We've been talking about looking for missed tax opportunities. Once again, if you're listening to this program, if you have $500,000 or more to invest, you're looking for a new financial advisor and you would like to get a complimentary financial review. No cost, no obligation. 
obligation to request yours. Go to madronafinancial.com and request it from there. That's madronafinancial.com. You can also call 844-MADRONA to request it. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. We'll be right back with more of our show after this. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about something called structured notes. And Brian, full disclosure, I know a little bit about a lot of the things that we talk about on the program, but this is one area that I've got a little bit of knowledge, but really beyond that, not very much at all. So first of all, let's talk about a structured note. What exactly is it? It's uh, officially a debt security issued by financial institution. Now, its real classification is a corporate bond, but as we were talking during break, it doesn't really act like a corporate bond. It's kind of like calling a tomato a fruit. It is a fruit. I believe it's classified as one. It sure doesn't feel like a fruit or tastes like a fruit to me, but it's classified as one. So that's kind of the situation here. Okay, we've talked about bonds before, and you said that this is a corporate bond. What is the main difference between a corporate bond and just a regular bond? Well, a corporate bond is something that where a corporation says, we're going to borrow money from you. We Our bond to you is we'll pay it back with interest. And so they're just borrowing money from investors, and they pay them back with interest and then pay it off. Now, a structured note doesn't work that way at all. A uh, structured note is uh, kind of a synthetic product, I, I would call it. Uh, they call them derivatives, too, which is, uh, you probably watch some of these movies about derivatives and how they can uh, mess up a market from time to time. Hopefully, uh, this is a little different than that. They've been around for quite some time, but in the past, they've only been accessible to uh, very large institutional investors. But uh, what, what they're designed to do is uh, offer some participation in a stock market on the upside to varying degrees while also providing specific downside protection. It's not an annuity, but let's think about the attributes of an annuity. An annuity is something that has downside protection. Really good, very often, is zero on the downside. You can't lose money on, on many annuities. And then there's some specific upside participation that you can get with an annuity. However, it's generally somewhat limited, but you can't lose money. So they serve their purpose as a potentially very good, safe you know, investment alternative to maximize how much you can get without taking risk on an annual basis. Well, a structured note might work in a similar way, but certainly the downside protection, although there is some, is not as great. And the upside possibilities are much greater than they are with an annuity. Brian, as an investor, who is a structured note best useful for? Well, if somebody is saying, you know, one, one way to use them, I, I would even consider as a bond alternative. Uh, if I'm not excited about bonds because I'm thinking, well, gosh, aren't interest rates probably going up? If they're going up, I'm going to lose money on bonds. That's just an equation. And if I'm not getting much interest on the bond, much yield, and I know it's going to lose money, maybe I don't want that. Uh, so a lot of people don't want to have all their money in the stock market because if the stock markets are good, you're going to be better off just investing in the market than you would a structured note because you don't get all of the gains of the averages of the indexes with a structured note. 
But if they're bad, you'll be better off with a structured note because it takes away some of the downside. And so uh, it reduces some of the volatility. The, the upside's not as high as the market, and the downside's not, a lo- not as low, I mean, basically is what it is. So now I've compared it to both an annuity and a stock market index investment. It's kind of somewhere in between. And so you might take a look at that and go, well, if I want to reduce my volatility but still have pretty good upside potential, I might want to look at this structured note. Note. You know, someone might do that for diversification purposes to lower their volatility, and so they can have a little customization of their their portfolio because they're they just don't want all their eggs in the in the equities basket, and they're not maybe excited about bonds. We're talking about structured notes with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Structured notes, Brian, they sound pretty good, but Brian, what are the detriments to using a corporate bond? Yeah, there there is you know, a laundry list of things that you got to be careful about. Uh, structured notes are issued by uh, very very large banks, and they're put together by them. So there's some you know credit risk with if the issuer defaults. If uh, let's just throw a bank out there, Chase. You know, Chase could you know J.P. Morgan. There's another one, Barclays. You know, these are very large institutions. But we saw in 08, not everybody was immune from having problems. Shearson Lehman uh, isn't around anymore as a result of that. So there is some risk there. That's why you might want to diversify uh, between uh, issuers. There's call risk. Uh, the issuer can redeem it early. So there's that. They're, they're not as liquid as your other investments. You might have a, a multi-year product, and so and they're rarely sold on the secondary market. They might have costs built into them. You know, and nothing's free. If I have downside protection, I'm paying something for that. So that's, there's going to be some costs built into that. The upside potential can be uh, capped at a certain amount. Or it can be the lesser of multiple indexes. So, you know, you have to consider what you're not getting if the markets are good. Uh, They don't pay dividends. And taxes could have to be paid even if it hasn't reached maturity. And it can be taxed as ordinary income. So uh, this isn't for the the weak at heart. I mean, to do structured notes. And certainly, you know, as we use them in our firm, again, we're using them as a bond substitute saying, okay, if I don't believe, if I want to take volatility, reduce volatility in a portfolio, and I've already, you know, taken care of annuities and real estate and cash, and then I have equities, and I'm not thrilled about bonds. What, what, can, what can we use? We only have so many tools in the toolbox. So this is a tool that we can use where I would say I'm more likely to have a positive outcome maybe uh, from this than I would from a bond portfolio, in my opinion, if I think interest rates are going to go up, which I do right now. So, you know, there's no perfect investment out there. There's no investment that doesn't have any positives. Every investment has positives. Cash, you know, it doesn't make anything, but it's liquid and you can't lose money on it. So everything has positive. So this this has uh, its group of positives, its group of negatives. I would never suggest you put 100% of your money in structured notes or 100% in the stock market necessarily. Well, you might if you're young, I guess. Uh, 100% in most anything. Annuities, I sure wouldn't do that. But can they be a component of a well-diversified portfolio? Sure they can. Brian, are structured notes rigid? And what I mean by that, as an advisor, can you create a customized structured note for your clients? You can create a customized structured notes. And and so in, in my case, I like to use broad market indexes because I can maybe control the, the downside. Because some people I've heard out there, I've seen advisors uh, use individual stocks. And when those individual stocks drop, their clients can lose a significant sum of money. And, and there's different kinds of structured notes. There's some that just 
uh, reduce the amount of loss on the downside. And that's that's what I'm talking about here. There's others that are called barriered structured notes that once one of the holdings drops below a certain amount, your client could lose a lot of money. And people will take risks on that because they, they, I've heard them say, oh, chances of that are almost zero. Well, <laughs> I've, I've lived through the dot-com in 2008 and COVID, and I'm saying, oh, no, the chances are there that it's probably going to happen. I just don't know when. So uh, you have to be real careful with the kind of notes you're into. Make sure you, you get an understanding of whether you're taking a lot of risk with a barriered product or if you're just reducing risk with a buffered product. So, Brian, the structured note sounds pretty good. Is this something you just go out and get on your own? Well, this is a good opportunity for me, I think, to recap what you can get on your own and what you cannot. So let's just go down the list. Uh, I, I always break it down into five big investment categories, cash and cash equivalents. Can you do cash, money markets, and CDs on your own? Yes, you can. Can you do a fixed annuity on your own? No, you can't. You have to go through an insurance license person. So now I got the insurance area. Can you do life insurance, permanent life insurance on your own or premium finance or a variable annuity or a fixed index annuity on your own? No, you cannot. So when we talk about annuities, you can't just go out and buy one uh, without uh, talking to an insurance licensed person. So now the next category is real estate. Can you buy real estate on your own? Yes. Can you buy publicly traded real estate? Yes. How about private non-traded real estate? No, you cannot. You got to go through an advisor. All right. So the next category is bonds. Can you buy bonds by yourself? Sure. Uh, you, you probably can, although you got to negotiate them and, and you can buy an index of bonds, but you probably can't buy an individual bond and you can't buy a structured note by yourself. You have to go through an advisory firm to get a structured note. Oh, I mentioned on real estate, I forgot to mention DSTs, Delaware Statutory Trust. No, you cannot buy one on your own. You have to go through a financial advisor to do that. Can you buy stocks on your own? Yes. Can you buy mutual funds and ETFs on your own? Yes. So stock markets generally available uh, and isn't private. So about half of the, it seems to me, about half the things we talk about, investment options on this show, are things that you have to go through a licensed professional to even have access to, which includes structured notes. We're talking about structured notes with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs once again. If you want to hear this part of the program all over again, simply go to wherever you get your podcast and search Brian Evans, Madrona Financial, Growing Your Wealth, and you can hear the show all over again if you didn't hear this particular segment in its entirety. If you have at least $500,000 or more to invest and you're looking to hire a new financial advisor and you want a complimentary as a no-cost, no-obligation financial review, Get in touch with Madrona Financial to sit down and get yours. The way to do that is to log on to madronafinancial.com and request it from there. M-A-D-R-O-N-A is how you spell the name, madronafinancial.com. You can also give us a call if you'd like, 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show right after this. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona Bundle of Services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And this segment, we're going to be talking about leveraged life insurance. And Brian, you know, when you talk about leveraged life insurance, I immediately think about premium finance life insurance. It's something that I know a little bit about. We're going to explain that further. But premium finance is not the only type of leveraged life insurance. No, you can have some leverage, even if it's not what's called a premium finance. Those are deeply leveraged. Uh, there's there's other ones out there that have some leverage. Leverage meaning that someone else is paying for the premium and you're borrowing that money. So like when you buy, and I'll talk about the real estate example in the future here, but when you buy a house, you get a mortgage, you're leveraging. You didn't pay all the premium. You didn't pay for the house. In the case of life insurance, you're not paying the entire premium yourself. You're getting a, a, a loan to assist in that payment of premium and you're paying the uh, certainly uh, the interest on the loan and getting uh, more life insurance than you would just buying it yourself. So with leverage life insurance, if I'm hearing you correctly, Brian, you are borrowing the premium? Yeah, essentially you, you are borrowing premium from a bank, a, a lender, uh, somebody that, that's paying uh, a, a lot of the premium. And that elevates the amount of life insurance and cash value that you have. Certainly the negative to that, though, is you're going to pay some interest. And so you have to make sure that the interest rate that you're paying is going to be much less than your expected returns from the underlying policy. Now, I'm talking about uh, life insurance, meaning permanent life insurance, Mm -hmm. not term life insurance. You don't leverage term life insurance, and that's cheap. We're using life insurance in this case. uh, You know, We talk about the five categories of investing, and insurance company products is one of them. Fixed index universal life is something we've talked about on the show a lot, where we talk about how you can have a life insurance policy, and someday, if it's working right, uh, you can borrow against your own future death proceeds to provide tax-free cash flow in your retirement or leave tax-free life insurance to your heirs. So that's a great tool. Well, we're, we're talking about that same tool, but having it kind of supercharged with some bank financing and some leverage. So, Brian, what is the advantage? I mean, who is this strategy best suited for? Why would I want to use a leveraged life insurance policy over just a regular life insurance policy? Yeah, to get bigger bang for the buck, potentially. You know, it's the same thing with real estate. Uh, I could just pay for one house or I could take 20% down and buy five houses. I'm, I'm kind of going for it. And it's the same thing with life insurance. And again, I'll talk about that example in a second. But some of the things about life insurance, especially leveraged life insurance, is that you're not going to get it unless you're in decent health. And generally for these policies to work, you need at least 15 years for them to grow. And so if you're getting too on in years, your life insurance premiums are going to be too high. The numbers probably don't work. So if you're well over 60, uh, it's going to be more difficult to find uh, a good life insurance policy using leverage. But certainly if you're, uh, you know, 60-ish or under 60 uh, in good health, maybe you have high earnings or you have high net worth then you can potentially qualify for a leveraged life insurance policy. Brian, you talked about high earnings and high net worth. Exactly how much do you have to make? How much do you have to be worth? Yeah, for uh, you have to make at least probably 100000 200000 a year for some of the lower leverage ones. And uh, it can be you know 250000 for the really high ones. Uh, net worth can be a $5 million minimum. So uh, depending on whether you have high net worth or high income, you might qualify for this. So this is not for everybody. 
This is for the select few that have been fortunate enough to have those kinds of finances, are young enough, are healthy enough, don't mind taking some risks to get uh, supercharged returns. But the thing I really love about uh, it, when these things work out, they work great because the uh, uh, cash flow from them can be income tax free. Brian, let's go back to that real estate example that you were going to tell us about. Yeah, I, I think uh, the best way to explain this, a lot of people bought real estate, and especially investment real estate, you know about leverage. You know that, as I mentioned before, uh, you can buy a piece of real estate 100% and have no interest payments to the bank, no payments at all. And then, let's say, in my example, you bought a, a $200,000 house, and you held it for 10 years, and it doubled in value. Now it's worth 400000 You say, great. I made 200000 profit on that, and I didn't have any bank financing. Sure. Well, you could have taken that same 200000 and spread it out amongst five houses and put 20% down on them and bought a million dollars of real estate. And then when that million dollars of real estate doubled in value, you'd have $2 million. So you have a million-dollar gain, not a $200,000 gain, minus the interest you paid to the bank. But you might say, well, I'm willing to take that risk because I think that the interest I pay is much less than the rents and appreciation that I got on the five houses versus only uh, owning just one. So that's been a standard way for people to grow their wealth, uh, certainly, uh, certainly in our area, through leveraged real estate. Well, leveraged life insurance, somewhat similar principles. You uh, can have a policy that can grow somewhat during your lifetime and, and borrow against that, and that's nice. Or you can supercharge it with uh, bank financing, and if your income is greater than the interest that you're paying, then you will have a multiplier effect because you've leveraged that. And so in your retirement, you're getting these cash, this tax-free cash flow perhaps or a death benefit to your, your next generation. But if it's tax-free cash flow, you're going, wow, I get, I'm getting a lot more cash flow than I had than I would have gotten had I not leveraged this. So that's, that's kind of the, the – I like to make that connection there because it can be really confusing. But a lot of people connect with the real estate example go, oh, yeah, I, I've done that and, and it worked out great. So if you can get the right terms and things work out just right, then uh, leverage life insurance could work in a similar manner. We're talking about leverage life insurance with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Brian, like a lot of people listening to this program today, I learn best by example. So can you give me an example of someone or a situation where this may be advantageous? Yeah, I had uh, all kinds of different situations. Had a client that was really making good money and, and totally understood the, that concept of leverage. And she was asking, well, why haven't I heard about this? Why didn't I hear about this 10 years ago? I said, the answer to that's real easy. Interest rates are too high. So as I mentioned, this doesn't work if the interest you're paying the bank is higher than the returns you're getting on your policy. And so when interest rates are high, you know, I'm not even going to bring this up. But now that, you know, with interest rates being low and we can get good bank financing terms, now is why I would even bring this up. So you do have to get the numbers to work out for you. So there's a, a situation where you go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because everybody wants to know, well, what what is this brand new kind of weird thing? And it's like, no, it was just waiting for the for the numbers to kind of work out to where we can make make sense of it uh, for, for doing a leveraged life insurance policy. Brian, with interest rates rising, does this make an environment 
moment in which this strategy is uh, going to be even better than it's been before? Well, actually, the opposite of that, because if interest rates are rising, you might have to pay the bank more interest. However, there's all kinds of nuances to these things. You can uh, Some people have bought what's called an interest rate ceiling, an interest rate cap, mm-hmm. and they finance that through the bank so that it's fixed at a certain amount. Or other policies uh, where they fix the interest rate for maybe five years or something. So you can you can ride that out because the rates are low. Sometimes they're tied to what was LIBOR or something of that nature, and they're really they're still pretty. You know, even though rates you know have been going up of late, they they haven't gone up to the point where I would say, hey, we're back to the uh, you know the old days where it doesn't make any sense to do these. It certainly can make sense in this interest rate environment, but there's a lot of nuances. I'm glad you asked that because there's this is not for just any insurance person to put forth for you. You need somebody extremely experienced when getting into this. This can be very complicated. If you make a mistake, it can work against you. So make sure you're working with somebody experienced. We are. I've done many in many of these, and we are experienced with the with the pros and cons of the premium finance. Brian, there are people listening to this who say, "Hey, this sounds pretty good. I seem to meet the qualifications. I'm not 60. I've got a good income, and I've got some good investments." But are there situations where just this would not be the right thing to do? Oh sure, there you know, there's always situations where it wouldn't be the right thing. But you know, I'm, when I talk to people about it, they're kind of going, "Well, I could have a, a substantial cash flow in my retirement, and all of the gains are income tax free." I don't know too many people that don't like income tax free cash mm, flow in yeah. retirement. I just I don't know a lot of those folks, <laughs> and so um, you know, if if everything falls in the line, I, I I have a trouble trying to figure out why someone wouldn't want to do it. Uh, certainly, you know, but but they have to have like like you said, uh, substantial net worth and or substantial income and so it's not for everybody uh, most people i've done it for are you know five to fifty million dollar net worth outside of their principal residence uh and and usually it's like okay i can take a, a small sliver of that net worth put it towards this policy and get myself uh, over a long period of time long wait at least 15 years get myself potentially some very good tax-free cash flow in my retirement i haven't met too many people don't like that we've been talking with brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs about leveraged life insurance could be a part of a comprehensive retirement plan. If you have $500,000 or more to invest and you're looking for a complimentary financial review that might lead to a plan, you never know. Contact Madrona Financial to get your complimentary review. To get your review, log on to the website at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com and request it from there. You could also call 844-MADRONA and request your complimentary review. Out of time for this week, Brian. Thank you so much for your time. I want to thank our listeners for joining us. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend in this great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk to you next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes.